everybody, I'm Dan, Paper Skies. Uh, I'm Sky, aka Skybreak. And this is episode 6 now of the Skycast. Uh, the Skycast is a series where we interview and have conversations with some of our favorite uh, up-and-comers and established artists, in this case, in the music industry and beyond. Today we have a super close guest to us uh, who runs the label Rushdown. If you haven't heard of it, I would assume so if you're watching this podcast. Um, he coined the term color bass, which is currently one of the main upcoming trends in the bass industry. With a very video gamey, colorful sound, has landed him EPs on Monster Cat, Disciple, NSD, Circus Records, and so many other major dubstep labels with collaborations with Ace Aura, Hella Sex, and old classics like Flux Pavilion and Dr. P. With his very versatile sound, we would like to introduce our good friend, Chime. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for the uh, the detailed intro there. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Gotta do it. It was really keeping this bio short was doing you an absolute injustice. Like genuinely going down <laughs> the list. Sample pack maker, label owner. What the heck's going on? <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get right into it a little bit. But uh, instead of starting with music as we usually do, I'm gonna start with a, di a little direction. Uh, it's no secret that nearly everything relating to the Chime project is interconnected with video games. So, uh, what games have been inspiring you and your music a lot lately? Oh, um, oh damn. Well, <laughs> well, uh, I've actually, okay, well, Breath of the Wild 2 trailer dropped recently. Oh, yeah. Uh, and like, honestly, the, um, the whole like reverse stuff that's going on. I don't know if you've seen like the theory videos and stuff, but, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of like time travel theories and, and all that kind of thing. And like, um, uh, ideas of like hiding pieces of uh, music in the new music like it's Zelda's a long running series and they managed to sneak a load of like old uh, light motifs and themes into the new music and um, that's definitely something I've had on my mind for like the album right now um, is hiding stuff I've always been a fan of like secrets in video games and kind of having to look a little bit closer um, well, I guess listen a bit closer to stuff yeah. that find like stuff that be other people haven't figured out. So yeah, I'm in the process of developing practically like a side quest to um, my my album. Yeah, so th that that piece of music in that trailer has definitely been influencing me. As for like games, I've just been playing. I've been playing Metroid Zero Mission. I just completed that like a couple hours ago because the new Metroid game was announced. Yep. So um, yeah. Um, other than that, I haven't really been playing a ton of games. Yeah, Zelda's always been like a, a big one, definitely. Crazy stuff. It seems like you've been focusing, yeah, like a lot on this album. Uh, I like what you've said about like the returning motifs and something. It's something I've been trying to do a little bit in my music, like have some old melodies from old music kind of re-return and stuff. Um, do you see that happening a lot with a lot of the new songs that you're working on? Maybe bringing back a lot of motifs from even like as far back as the December alias? Uh, yeah, even further back, actually. Um, a, a lot of the, yeah, yeah, a lot of the album stuff. Um, I'm I'm kind of like revisiting old tracks as like December and even Caution and Crisis with my cousin. Yeah, to kind of like capture those kind of like moments of my like musical journey. So um, yeah, there's like full on remakes in there, but also I've I've always liked um, including like old melodies and stuff in my new uh tracks and stuff there's like there's a melody from my sweden minecraft remix that uh that made its way into a december tune that is now being remade into a, a chime tune That's and awesome. it's so like that one melody has has kind of gone all the way through so yeah i i, I do that quite a lot like um there's a really old uh melody from a track called russian roulette uh, as Caution and Crisis, that then made its way into like a Sex Whales remix, and then made its way into the Wasteland remix uh, by Trivector with okay. with AU5. Um, so yeah, they're they're just like little Easter eggs, but I'm planning on having it make a lot more sense <laughs> um, for for the album and for specific melodies to actually correlate with you know what I'm going for for each of the tracks. That's For crazy sure. you mentioned the, the Sex Whales remix. I'm pretty sure that was actually the first Chime song that I had heard from you. No, actually December, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, that was that was just that was like the tail end of December, I think. Okay. Yeah. I remember um I was just the way I would find my artists and music back then was just scrolling through like most popular trending EDM on like Apple Music and just buying every song which had like a cool ten second preview. 
<laughs> so, oh really? Across like a lot no of, of artists that you know now it's it's weird. I mean, even a guy like Rob Gasser, who's in the Rushdown server and everything as well, right? Yeah, that's a that's a weird way of, yeah, of finding, finding music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, some kids can be finding their stuff, right? <laughs> Me personally, I I took the whole YouTube discovery route, and I I found you through Temanite, believe it or not, the Hyper Reality Remix, and then I oh uh, yeah yeah. And then I heard the original, I was like, wow, this is pretty cool too. And then I eventually, here we are. That was happened. another, yeah, kind of like as December was picking up sort of tune. Yeah. I, I always find it, I always wanted to get into that crew because there was like the crew of like newer sort of like bro step artists like Ehide, Different Heaven, Temanite. And uh, yeah, I always wanted to like get up, uh, into that group. And it was weird actually, like, um, I think last time I was in LA, I was staying in an Airbnb with Eminite and Different Heaven. <laughs> like, it was really weird. Um, yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, I've made tunes with all of these guys now. It's, it's crazy. Cool how things progress. And um, so yeah, so kind of moving into more present day time, how much are you allowed to talk about the album? I know you mentioned you had some uh, latent motifs from older works, but uh, what are some new works we can possibly expect on this album that are allowed to be talked about? <laughs> yeah, well, um, it's, it's. I'd still say it's sort of in the beginning phases, really. What what I do have is is a fleshed out concept, and um, I've I've kind of set some rules for myself a little bit. Uh, like I I, I do want to make it um, seamlessly transition all the way through because um, I really like the way that feels um, for for an album. I think that that kind of puts it into almost a different category to an EP or just another collection of tracks yeah. where it's like one big long piece of music um, effectively. So yeah, just stuff like that and um, yeah, I, I have I have concept I'm, I'm going to bring my notes up right now yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me see, let me see let me see, album stuff yeah, so it's it's going to be very story driven and um, I'm, I'm almost like writing chime lore so Chime's going to be less just like a name for me or my musical project, and it's more going to be like this world that I'm trying to develop. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to give too much away because actually this plan, because I have a plan for like even the track list for with a bunch of um, tracks I haven't even started writing yet, and that could change yeah. along the way. So um, yeah, I suppose we'll we'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> The tracks that you have in that list that you said you haven't started yet, it's like kind of an interesting way to go about it. Are you doing it just by track name or are you trying to go for a certain feel or genre or how are you organizing like the way you're going to create this album? Um, yeah, so I have track names in some case, more like concepts uh, in other cases. So I, w one track I can tell you about because it's, uh, it's finished um, is a track called Chrysalism, uh, which is the word for... Let me look up the the actual like definition. Uh, okay, dictionary of obscure sorrows. Basically, I, th I think this is kind of like you you can look it up. But basically, they come up with a bunch of new name uh, new words uh, to describe feelings and concepts that um, just had didn't have a name for it. So a great example of that is um, Sonder. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Uh, which is realization, the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own, populated with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, and inherit, inherited craziness. That's so cool. Um, yeah, everyone has a story, and you might not realize, like, if you're walk, walking through a crowd of people, it's like, think about how complicated your life is and all the different events that have happened around it, all the different feelings, experiences. Like, everyone is like that. And so that's a word for the realization that that's yeah the realization of that really um but yeah another one of these is chrysalism well to any of our listeners who are struggling to name their track uh, dictionary of obscure sorrows Maybe yeah honestly inspire a new idea <laughs> okay here, here we go chrysalism the amniotic tranquility of being an indoors during a thunderstorm listening to waves of rain pattering against the roof like an argument upstairs whose muffled words are unintelligible but whose crackling release of built-up tension you understand perfectly it's a, a the language is pretty flowery but it's like basically a whole, like story in a word it's so cool 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's a, it's a feeling I've had and I haven't had a name for, and here it is. So there's an entire track uh, on my album uh, based around that. And so it tells that story um, with, with some more like personal touches. So for me, being inside is, is a really um, comforting thing. I don't like going outside, don't want to go outside, don't make me go outside. Uh, <laughs> like That's what I'm like most of the time. So um, that's just like that feeling is tripled when it's like really bad weather outside. And um, so like the track starts with, um, you know, the sound of a thunderstorm and the sound of a door closing as you come inside. You can hear the character toweling off and then like put the kettle on <laughs> and stuff. Um, and then it's it's got a theme of like concentration because um, usually I just like being in this world of like I'm just working on music or whatever right um, while the world's just carrying on and I don't have to worry about it because there's a, a storm happening yeah. Um, yeah it's got like a drum and bass sort of theme it's more specifically it's microfunk which okay. is a, a, oh, right. a subgenre um, I believe it was coined by uh, an artist no named Bop B just B-O-P uh, one, of, one of my favorite artists, uh, and he makes Microfunk, which is this, like, very um, kind of IDM, techy sort of... It Basically, if you get, like, drum and bass, IDM, and, like, ambient music, and you just kind of mix it all together, cool. that's sort of what you, you end up with. Um, so, yeah. And I, I'd always, always wanted to make a track in this style, and this seemed like the perfect opportunity for that because I always associate that genre of music with concentration and this kind of like not sad but almost melancholy sort of just uh, amniotic tranquility as it, as it says on the um, the description <laughs> the words so that's that's the kind of um, thought process I'm trying to put behind like every one of the tracks yeah. um, then Tying that into a, a greater narrative, yeah, and its place, its position on the album means something as well, and like, yeah, I just want to have it dripping with meaning, really. Yeah, it sounds super, For like, sure. thought out. Um, I imagine that, you know, with this song, with a lot of songs in the album, we're still going to hear a lot of that, like, color-based sort of inspiration in your sound, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, sure. so, like, th this one I do have, um, yeah, there's, it's, it's got that color-based sort of vibe going throughout even yeah. though it's like drum and bass or, or microphone or whatever um it's all gonna sound like that really you, you're not gonna get uh you know like headbanger tunes from my album that's yeah. that's not gonna yeah. happen gotcha. no definitely uh, yeah. different vibe and i think um that's what's so cool about this uh this whole color base movement or terminology or whatever whatever people call it um is that more so than a standard you know club hitter or banger um you can still have those vibes or energies going on so let's kind of transition into let's talk color base in case somehow you've come to a podcast with chime skybreak and paper skies and don't know what don't color base is, is yeah. how, would, how would you describe it to a newcomer yeah so i obviously i get asked this quite a lot because yeah it's it's not necessarily a, a subgenre name it's more of a um Color bass is a categorization of bass music that focuses on melody, emotion, and vibrancy, while maintaining elements of more aggressive, impact-focused dubstep. So the the way I, the reason why I kind of decided I wanted a name for what I was making, um, was because the term melodic dubstep beca uh, became more like more akin to like future bass more over yeah. that side um the kind of like seven lions elenium very kind of super sore uh focused stuff fry bangers that that term like uh yeah Driving. all that stuff and that was being pushed further and further and further away from um a lot of the stuff i really like about dubstep um which is the the fun the basses the crazy sound design all that kind of stuff um and at the same time dubstep as as we know it with like um sort of like tear out and rhythm and all those kind of terms coming along were being pushed even further this way like that so um 
yeah, color base became a term to categorize that kind of middle space um, that sits between those two worlds. And as they drift further apart, color base is in the center with with open arms. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's really it's it's anything that sits between those two worlds. So it's got a little bit of like the grit and the impact um, of uh, yeah, but like I guess like big headbanger tunes or whatever it's got basses and then from the other side it's got the obviously like harmonic uh tonal content and uh and that kind of stuff borrowing from both of those worlds and just that's my favorite place to be yeah. um and uh, yeah i i didn't feel the need for it uh, for a while because basically all dubstep uh, up until about like maybe 2013 14 what was melodic even the heaviest heaviest tunes had um a focus on melody and and riffs and chords and that sort of thing so yeah so a lot of like old skrillex counts as um as color base i would say like kind of the birth of it is really like scary monsters and nice sprites the idea of combining these two worlds uh into uh into one track so yeah hopefully that explains it i think definitely like for sure i was making my music years ago before getting invited to to the rushdown group and everything um it was like my music sat in this really uncanny space where i couldn't figure out where to push it because it wasn't melodic enough for like you said the kind of like fans of seven lions and elenium in them because there was all these dubstep sounds and maybe it wasn't like 140 i did something like 175 bpm they're like okay well i can't like headbang to this and it just didn't make sense to a lot of people but it wasn't heavy enough that I could push it to the dubstep audience. So when Rushdown came around um, and this sort of like sound was coined, it just helped me find a place of like, oh, okay, so the music I'm making does have a home now. It does have like a sound and there are other people trying to do it. Because besides that, people would be like, oh, what kind of music do you make? And I would just have to really vaguely explain like, yeah, you know a guy named like AU5 or like Chime? It's like, it's like that, but then melodic and there's dubstep elements and it was just super yeah. messy and no one really understood it yeah. until they heard it. And it would just cause more. No, I. <laughs> Dan, I had that exact same dilemma for yeah. years. I was at a networking event run by Cymatics like three or four years ago. Everyone was like, you know, trap or hip hop producers. It, it was pretty awkward. <laughs> I was like the one. There was like the the dubstep guys in like the corner, and we were all like looking down and like talking to each other that <laughs> way. No, no, and everyone was like, base. oh, like I'm I make I make dubstep, and someone says, oh, well I, I make uh I make like slander stuff, and then um. <clears throat> I would I would have to be like I make like a cross between like melodic and heavy, but not like this kind of melodic and heavy or this kind of melodic. Exactly, and heavy. yeah. It's just like now there's a term. Now there's a term, and I think a lot of people are very grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, uh, I I see a lot of people um, attributing it to you know so, some of the uh, more recent sound design techniques that have come out um, for fusing like uh, melodic stuff with basses. Um, but uh, that's kind of okay as well because that counts <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. If it's if there's any effort being made to have both of those things going on, uh, then it's color base. And the the other thing I like about it is that if dubstep, well, first of all, dubstep as a term has been so far removed from when it was coined. Um, you know, it, originally like burial was dubstep, and it's yeah. completely unrecognizable from uh from then on really so um it's also a way of like uh introducing different tempos as well because yeah. i i always found it weird that even though a track could be made with entirely dubstep elements you could have a dubstep kick and snare um basses all the things that you would now count as um dubstep in you know but because it was playing at a different tempo it had to be a different genre entirely like I always find that a bit weird. Um, so color base is another way of getting around that. It's like you can make color base with an electro house kind of rhythm, or or at like a drum step tempo. But it all counts as color base because it's in this world that uses this kind of sound design. Um, so it's more of a categorization, categorization um, than yeah, a subgenre. So yeah, so now that this kind of color base categorization as you say it has become a bit more public uh i know i've been noticing a, a bit more people kind of sinking into those same you know 
resonator, vocoder kind of things. And do you think the genre is actually beginning to oversaturate or do you see it kind of being taken a lot further into the future uh, with like a bunch of untapped potential? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's kind of like, um, I'm almost having my own like zomboy moment where every, <laughs> everyone started trying to be Terror like, squad, yeah. yeah, trying to make Terror Squad. Um, so yeah, it is interesting, like going through the Rushdown uh, demos specifically, like even in the space of the past like year and a half, it's really switched. Yeah, and uh, and then like over the course of those two years, I've really seen like people have started to catch on, and um, really give this sort of sound a go. And um, yeah, I suppose like stemming from when Aceora joined, that's really when uh, we just we started like putting more effort, I suppose, into um, getting a really nice combination of uh, these two worlds rather than going okay, super saw. And then the next bar is like bases, bases, okay, melodic something, yeah. Which is exactly what I was doing at that point. And then Asora came along and was merging it much more um, intuitively. Uh, and I was like, well, I, yeah, th this is what I'm all about. Why am I not doing this sort of thing as well? Um, and so I started like experimenting and figuring out my own stuff. And then like everyone else in the Rushdown chat, um, or on the roster was doing the same sort of thing. So it's been a very, it's been a really nice kind of like flourishing sound that's come out of um, a group of producers and sparked by, by Ace Aura, really. Um, I forgot what the original question was entirely. No, it, it was about, um, it was about kind of- well, Do I think it's think being oversaturated? Oversaturate, yeah. Um, a, a little, little. Um, there's, there's a lot of the, um, yeah, a lot of the rushdown demos are are very much like, okay, cool, you figured out how to make those sounds. Yeah. Now That's let's right. do something cool. Let's do something <laughs> cool with it. Like, yeah. Um, for me, like, I I'd take uh, those kind of tracks over like a completely atonal track any day, because they both might be incredibly generic, but. Um, the fact that there's there's just a little bit more for me to latch on to if there's um, tonality because it's like if you're producing an atonal tune and I've I've thought about trying it um, because I think I'd really struggle. It's kind of like producing it's su such a limit. It's like producing in two D because um, really if you think about it MIDI wise, you're producing on just one note yeah. practically. And as soon as you introduce tonality, it's like you're looking into three dimensions and suddenly there are notes up here and down here and all over the place. So it must be really hard. <laughs> For sure. And kind of following up on that on that front, uh, what do you think are some sides of color base that haven't necessarily been explored yet? I know, um, I know there's a lot of the stuff, like you said, uh, very multidimensional, trying to expand upon this already established 2D tropes, but... Um, I feel like there's definitely a whole a whole other plane that hasn't been explored. Maybe one taking the dubstep side altogether. Uh, and do you think there's anyone that's pushing that side a little bit? Yeah, I think as an artist, I um, uh, is it false noise? False noise, yeah. Oh yeah. False yeah. noise. False noise. Um, who basically their EP? In fact, let me get it up so I can <laughs> I can actually like. Uh, properly suggest it. Yeah, Emerald Green by False Noise. So this EP was released in 2018, actually. And a lot of the sounds on here feel very similar to um, the kind of, like, color-based stuff we've been um, developing. But yeah, this seems to be, like, a completely different strand. It's one of those, like, um, things where, like, two people just... They, they ended up doing the same sort of thing. But this is very much in, like, a, a neurofunk uh, drum and bass context. Yeah, so definitely check out Emerald Green EP by uh, False Noise. That's that's a new thing. Is like taking color base into uh, entirely new genres uh, and that sort of thing. I mean, I think Plague did an amazing job yeah. uh, with their EP on Rushdown because sure. none of those tracks are dubstep, like, not even close. Um, I think there's a couple like 150 BPM uh, tracks, but you wouldn't call them dubstep at all. 
they're all color base and so that's re that's really interesting it's like okay if you divorce all of the dubstep stuff you're left with Something the essence of whatever color base is then that opens up so many possibilities really um so that's that's what i'm interested in seeing next really well, you get almost like dips kind of into the future base category there uh, when it, when you get to that level because it's just exploring like really fun creative ideas using more like synths and colorful sounds as opposed to like you know heavy basses in that like grittier side you were talking about. Um, so yeah, I'm sure both of you guys get this quite a bit, but I'll have people that'll message me with the classic question: How do you get on Rushdown? You know, like a very simple yep. short <laughs> message, right? And then if you answer it, it develops into a huge conversation. So. For anyone watching at home that might be interested in the genre, what's some advice that you have for any new upcoming color-based producers that might want to join the Rushdown family? Okay, I'm getting... <laughs> I'm pulling my website up because yeah. I <laughs> just... Uh, I created a page for this uh, on my website. If you go to uh, chimetunes.net and go to the Rushdown section, uh, yeah, I've created a demo submission guide and it's got things to avoid, things we're looking for, like ideal things, other things to bear in mind. Basically, it, it, to give a very brief uh, overview, how to get on Rushdown, things to avoid, um, mix down not up to par is, is like one of the main things. Like, this is completely true. It takes only a couple of seconds to gauge where an artist is at with the quality of their mix downs. I'm sure you guys also uh, have that sort of experience okay. where people will be asking for yep. feedback or whatever. And, um, and it's just like, you just know. You know how developed their that sound is as soon as you hear it because you've you've already passed that point yeah so yeah like it as tough as it is like um it doesn't matter how great your ideas are um if the mix down isn't solid it's going to be very difficult for us to like accept it yeah. uh, or at least not without a lot of feedback and generally we don't want to be giving feedback to like every artist that we um we release from so yeah the other thing is sonically too close to another rushdown artist. Linking back to um, uh, what you guys were saying with like oversaturation, this, uh, oversaturation. Yeah. But we want to be really careful because like if we're gonna be sort of like the home of this new sound, effectively, we want to make sure that everyone's exploring their own stuff. We want to encourage that as much as possible. We want to encourage. We don't want like all of our artists to get confused for each other and that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, so th those are some of the main things to avoid. Yes, please, th this section. So yeah, a combination of sonic st styles we've never heard before, uh, slash unique concepts and world building. So yeah, for this section, I actually referenced a couple of the um, recent like EPs we released um, and explaining why we think they fit into this category effectively. So like, with LM's recent Hyperlight EP, um, yeah, this is an EP that's a full project devoted to the universe of a single indie game, Hyperlight Drifter, and exploring existential themes representing the unique visual aesthetic of the game in audio form, yeah. and then mixing that with um, color base and all, all that kind of and stuff. LM's style, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, like, uh, another example is uh, Similar Outskirts, Titans EP. This is an entire EP based on the legendary Pokemon from a single Pokemon game. <laughs> like, th this is what I absolutely love, is going... Just getting so specific with, um, with concepts for tracks. Because a, a great dubstep tune... Sure, it's a great dubstep tune, but it's gonna be just put in the pile with all the other great dubstep tunes. That's cool, but if there's like this extra layer and flavor, yeah, it's gonna remain unique for the entire lifetime, you know? So that's really what we're looking for, is like, I wanna hear that you're trying to, you're really making an effort to try and separate yourself um, from everyone else on the label and, uh, yeah, come up with something really cool, unique, and and fresh. And I think uh, I think this is a good challenge for our listeners at home, especially if you're struggling to make a track. Uh, pick an element or like something really cool from a game you like or a TV show you love or something very pop culturey. And uh, within those limitations of trying to make a song with that theme, you might actually come across something freaking cool. So maybe even submit it to Rushdown or one of your favorite labels. <laughs> I think. 
that's a cool thing to kind of get into, especially, um, I know me personally, I've done a lot of EPs and shit inspired by games. Like, Lumino is very Ori and Zelda inspired and uh, Above the Clouds. <laughs> we don't talk about that one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, very good advice, uh, especially if you're moving on to Rushdown stuff. It also makes it, like, 3,000% easier to come up with ideas for stuff. Yeah, within um, that limitation. It, yeah, it's, like, like, much easier. Yeah, because inst instead of sitting down and going, right, today I'm going to write a dubstep track at 150 BPM, F minor. It's, it's not that anymore. It's like, okay, I've got a theme. How am I going to represent that with music? Like, with uh, Bloom... Uh, my track Bloom, I was like, okay, I feel like it would be really cool to make the most chill rhythm tune of all time. How the hell do I do that? Yeah. Uh, so I was combining like the melodic rhythm stuff um, that I, I've been I've been developing in the background. I've also been getting way into like lo-fi hip hop sort of vibes. So I was like, okay, we can mix those two together. What is a cool theme that would glue everything together into one package? And I was thinking just like, a lot of lo-fi hip-hop makes me think of just like these kind of like flowery aesthetics yeah. so i was like okay if we have a flowery aesthetic how do flowers sound me what would a flower sound like <laughs> in my head and then i actually i actually did a bit of research and i was like i'm sure in video games flowers usually have like certain sound effects associated with them and it's often quite it's quite often harp sounds and that sort of thing if you collect a flower power-up or whatever, what does that usually sound like? Yeah. So now it's gone from I'm just writing a, a dubstep tune to mixing all of these things in a big pot and you come out with something that you you feel is much more unique and um, personal to you because you've, you've combined all these things in your head. No one else would have made a track like that, you know? Yeah. I like the personal aspect because you're only going to focus on the things that you like and focusing on a specific topic like that it's going to be a lot more fun and a lot more creative of a process right i think it's something i'm still yet to do with a lot of my music but been enjoying like trying to delve a little bit deeper into myself and my interests and what i like when like writing a song and starting from scratch right totally yeah i like on your um first episode with um Asor and millennial trash you asked um Daniel Trash about the the whole car thing. Yeah, exactly. And you were like, are you thinking of like putting the car stuff together with your project? And he was like, yeah, I've got a tune. Um, that theme in mind, I think it's probably out by now, right? Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, knock out now. Knock Check it out. out. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, it's just great. It works so perfectly. And no one else would have written track with Millennial Trash's style with a, with a car theme. Yeah. No one. No one would have done that. <laughs> so it's just so much more valuable, I, I feel like. Definitely. And to do that. It's cool you reach back all the way to, to episode one. In episode two, um, kind of connecting to the whole talk about Rushdown uh, and labels, uh, we talked to Temanite, and he told us a lot about the perks of self-releases versus like label releases, and that a lot of his music is predominantly self-released. Um, I think back in the day on your old aliases, we saw a lot of self-releases coming out from Caution and Crisis in December, but it seems now with Chime, you're moving more towards sticking with a lot of the big dubstep labels and getting your name as out there as possible. Um, what are your thoughts on that, just the difference between doing a self-release and working with a label like you have? Yeah, so um, I guess the be the benefit of self-releases, just like raw facts of it, is that you keep everything. <laughs> you yeah. keep all the the rights, uh, the royalties, you can do whatever you want with that music. So um, what uh, Temanite's done that's been really beneficial for um, his brand has, has been like um, syncing his music with like Geometry Dash and yeah. all these different like rhythm games. And that's how he's become so uh, recognized and known. And like his streams are ridiculous. Yeah. Like, in, even yeah. Did, like in comparison to mine, in comparison to a lot of like successful dubstep producers his his streams are, are off the charts um you know there's like uh friends of mine from like my school uh that know temanite from rhythm games yeah. you know like that that's that's how kind of that's like wide reaching it becomes um so that that's that's a huge benefit of self-releasing the benefit for me of um 
working with labels. But once you work with um, certain labels, there's kind of like a, a perception that you've stepped up, like up the ladder a little bit. So like, for example, Sky, you probably had uh, a feeling of like, oh, I've gone up, like when you had yeah. your Disciple EP, like main label as well. Yeah. Um, so that must have been a like, you must have like started feeling like you were more part of that community, uh, the dubstep, the greater dubstep community, and you had more sort of opportunities and things. Is Am I right in saying that? A little bit. Um, it does get a bit weirder with, with bigger labels, especially if they have like a core roster, because all them talk, and uh, obviously uh, now that I've had the release, it's easier to reach out to these people and like say hello, because they, they know me, I'm not no longer like just yeah. some dickhead. <laughs> but um, I think what the real benefit of releasing with labels like Disciple, and even a few smaller ones, is you kind of collect some of their fans into your basket a little bit. Yeah. I'm not saying use the label or anything, but um, I think it, it is kind of cool to look at it as like, this is a whole new group of people that would never have listened to your music otherwise. And now here they are. Totally. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, yeah, that really when, when you're working to promote your music, not necessarily aiming um, towards the fans you've already got. It's trying to collect more people. <laughs> and the more labels you work with, the more um, people are likely to find out about you from that label so it's really just casting your net out and um yeah it's just going to be sort of exponential from there but that's that's a big benefit the, the other benefit as well is um especially with the us um promoters are generally looking for um these label releases to help them feel more secure in booking you for shows um, so like if they're booking an artist and they've just had a release on Disciple, they've also just had a release on, I don't know, Monster Cat and Never Say Die, they can be fairly certain that a lot of people will have heard about them. Um, or, and even if they're still like, uh, smaller, they, they can be, they've got that stamp of approval from yeah. those labels. Yeah. So that's, that's a big thing. And, and that's, uh a lot of the reason why I was able to, to start like touring in the US at all was because I, I was going for these these label releases. I feel like the label releases also helped you kind of experiment with your sound a bit too and like interact with audiences that you maybe wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to. I know we were kind of already said that with collecting fans and putting them in the basket sort of thing, which I think is super, super true. But looking at like what we were talking about with Rushdown having its own unique sound and that like color-based sort of flavor in the same way I'd imagine like NSD to have a much heavier sound and something a lot more aggressive. So, if you as Chime want to have a release on NSD and Rushdown, you kind of have to rework your sound a little bit while still keeping it exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it it's not like a selling out sort of thing. It's yeah. <laughs> I see it more of like a a challenge, like an interesting challenge. Like when I've, I had my first like EPs on Firepower Records back in the day, I was like, okay, what are Firepower Records releases mostly like? pretty heavy <laughs> i'm yeah. gonna have to like um take that as a challenge to try and make something that's still me and feels like it fits a part of that um discography but sky you were gonna say something sorry yeah i was gonna i was gonna actually circle it back around to rushdown and say um actually as of now the most recent release is from ddd who is usually like yep. this heavy ass like tear out rhythm producer and all of a sudden, they, they made something that's very colorful and very them. And I don't think if Rushdown didn't exist, they would never have made that song. Yeah. Possibly not. And that's, yeah, that's something I really enjoy about having Rushdown, you know, under my belt is that, like, there's a place for that. And yeah. that, that was what a lot of my um, ambition for it was. Like, initially, it was just like, oh, let's just release music from friends. And also, it's a place for me to self-release stuff. Um, but then around the time that we rebranded to like my own artwork and stuff, that was when I was like, okay, there, there are less and less places in the music scene that are taking this kind of music. Um, it would be really cool if I could provide that platform, um, in any capacity to, uh, to younger producers that are looking to get started. Um, yeah. And I, I, I'm really, really proud to say that that's that's what it is now. Like I'm able to get um, 
tracks from these artists with like less than a hundred followers on SoundCloud yeah. in front of like some serious people. So yeah, it's I, I love that. That's great. <laughs> such a good thing about Rushdown that I always admired is like when Rushdown was first made I remember seeing that first compilation and being like oh damn Chime started a label and it has The Brig, it has Bullseye, it has uh, AV, it has Decembra and like all of these artists that I was already a really big fan of but then around the time when I was brought on when Ace Aura was brought on and a whole lot of these new people it was interesting to see the shift and the way that things changed because now it was like all of these new upcoming artists that were really trying to develop the sound that you're talking about and everything were getting that opportunity, which otherwise I don't think any of us would have had for quite a while, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's still a small label, but I've I've always wanted it to be, you know, I've never wanted it to be in competition with any of the larger labels. I wanted it to be an entry point. Um, and, yeah, and I wanted it to be really approachable. So that's why, you know, I've worked really hard to, like, the discord now is like everyone all in one group and um anyone can just join and get started like if if they are interested in making this sort of music they can just join and and talk to like you guys or any of the other like artists on the the label we're really accessible um whereas like the larger labels feel completely out of your reach um up until a certain point um so i i really like that I don't want it to become a massive label. I want it to always be focused on keeping this sound alive. And when I decided that was going to be a thing, it was looking bleak. (laughs) It was looking really bleak because there really wasn't anywhere was taking this kind of stuff um, at all. And now we're at a point where this kind of sound is infiltrating the scene a little bit, um, which is crazy. It's crazy. We got Virtual Riot making color base and exactly. using the term color base. Yeah, that's, <laughs> awesome. that's mad. And you've done a great job with like the artist selection. I think in general too. Like, I mean, I was you know pretty much a nobody when I first came on, and I've gotten to a point. I think of like some mild success that I'm really really proud of personally. But seeing a lot of the other artists grow too, like Sekai, similar outskirts, Ace Aura, of course. Like Ace Aura now being like a huge potential headline name, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I I, I keep saying like uh, I am fully expecting us to be booked on a show and for his name to be above mine. Like, <laughs> fully expecting that. I'm just, like, I'm trying to get that in my head. So that that's that's all you need, really, is, like, that, that seed, that, like, initial kind of spark of an idea and someone to go, let's, let's cultivate this. And then, yeah, like, there we go. See you later, Eric. Kick some ass <laughs> in the rest of the scene. Like... <laughs> Um, yeah, I, and that's great. Like, I, I, I wouldn't want to, like, drag him back to Rushdown and go, no, you're releasing here. Um, because we've we've already moved on to, okay, who else can we bring up? Come on, yeah. let's go. Let's make this community. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's that's kind of my idea behind it. Yeah, well, I love the mentality, man. It's, it's super wholesome and just focuses on the community, which I really appreciate. Yeah, it's great to see. I'm thinking since we're just around the hour mark, which means this is a long one, and for good reason, um, I say we start moving to our dumb research section, which you might oh, remember yeah. from, the, <laughs> from the Ace or Millennial Trash one. I'm looking forward to this, yeah. Ah, uh, yes, all right, so... It's a lot um, to dig up. Luckily, I have some... In, we have some internal sources that have told us a bit of information, and... Um, I think the first thing we want to go over is your wedding with the lovely Miss Chime. Uh, it seemed even dubstep really does flow through your veins as because even the reception party took a bit of a dubstep twist yeah um well i had this dumb idea i was basically like okay how 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 often are we gonna have an opportunity to get all my dubstep friends in one place um with the ability to just play our own music and stuff so um i had this dumb idea to do like a back-to-back with everyone at the end didn't really work out <laughs> because the um the cdjs we ordered were really shoddy like oh, no. terrible oh, no. um yeah ask uh ask odd profit uh he, <laughs> he was like trying to play stuff and it, yeah it was just not happening um but yeah so we had a we had a bunch of like upstep folks there it was really interesting actually having friends from school and also like my family being there it was really weird and interesting and yeah it was cool 
That's got that's gotta be sick. Like <laughs> your parents man. moshing to the <laughs> moshing to your dubstep. That would be Yeah, like well yeah. There wasn't too much dubstep. Um it was yeah, because I curated all the music because I'm insane. Um and I, I basically just made like a six hour long mix of stuff. Um for it and like yeah so there was like pop stuff in there as well and there was like just general dancey stuff and then i did like a an hour of like golden oldies for the like uh <laughs> a lot of my family so um yeah but that, it was super fun so some of my favorite moments of uh of the wedding were like uh, um seeing connor whitmore um papa naughty step oh no just regular naughty step um <laughs> Uh, react to some of the mixes I'd made. <laughs> I was like, Connor, you have to hear what I just did in, in this mix. Like, listen out for this. Um, so that 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 was a lot of fun. That was it was weird and fun and cool. And it's yeah, it's just one of those things you wouldn't be able to do any of the time, really. Speaking of uh, some faulty decks or something a little different, um, you're no stranger to playing shows. You played across Canada, U.S., U.K. You know, you name it. You've basically been there. But some of our listeners might not be aware, aware of this this one show in particular, where your DJ skills were pushed to their absolute limit. I don't know if you know exactly what show I'm talking about, but tell us about No Man's Land 2018. <laughs> no man's were at that land. No man. <laughs> That wasn't even like the worst um, for in terms of like mixing. Um, the faders were just like barely on. Um, was the the idea? Well, to, to, okay, to set the scene, um, I get this booking for a festival called No Man's Land uh, in Oxford in in the UK. Uh, Oxford is like where Oxford University is like what Hogwarts is based on. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, just like this random field outside of Oxford. I was like, what the hell? But I saw the culprit was playing, um, supposedly. Uh, and so I was like, okay, well, it must be legit. So um, any excuse for the UK dubstep crew to get together and play dubstep, really, because um, it, dubstep events are so few and far between in the UK. Like, it's, it's like one a year you'll, you'd get. So we had like um, we had like Jono and Alex uh, Exobolt, those guys. We had like Jarvis. We had yeah, Odd Prophet again was there. It was a bunch of us, um, and it was just us. It was just us in in the tent. Like that was it. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go play my set now to you guys. <laughs> there was just no one there. Wow. There was no one there. Um, there were like other, there were like a million stages as well. There was like eight different stages with all artists that are being paid to play that. I was just like, who, who made this festival? So that was really fun because we just m messed around and um, and then the faders flew off <laughs> the, the, the mixer. So I was like, there's a video that uh, Jonathan took of me going. <laughs> like at the crossfader just not being there anymore um but yeah uh, to be honest far from the most difficult set i would i've played yeah i've played sets where like there's no monitors oh so it's no just just front of house so you've got all, all you're getting is like the reverberation off the back wall which is like a full oh, second no. later um that's that's rough and like was there no played, uh, headphones? Sorry? Was there no like booth out for your headphones either, by any chance? There was headphones, but like it's it's yeah. it's rough. Like it's really yeah. rough, and like it's really quiet where you are, but it's super loud there. Yeah, and then there was a, there was this like Halloween event I played in Pittsburgh that was like the which was the opposite. The, there was monitors, but then the speakers that went out cut out oh. so what i had to do oh what, what i had to do was just turn one of my monitors to the crowd and then just crank up the the booth knob so that we could keep like playing music um yeah uh it's chaotic chaotic stuff like that all the time these things happen and you manage to land on your feet and still possibly play a good set so 
There you yeah, go. Yeah, that was weird, that one, because I was like, why is everyone, like, really not hype anymore? Because <laughs> I, I just had the volume from the monitors, so I didn't know that, like, front of house was out. So I was like, what? everyone's really, like, serious right now. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, what's yeah. happening? All right, I think we're, we're just about now at the 50, 60 minute mark, about an hour in, so we're going to close things off here. But, wow, thank you so much for being on, Chime. That was a great conversation. I think one of the no problem. Thank so you, guys. Far, so, really appreciate it. Is there any last comments you wanted to mention? Anything on the way, if this is coming out in August now, that you might want to make fans aware of? <laughs> uh, yeah, coming out in August. So, uh, I guess coming up, I don't know when it would be announced, though. We have a tune coming up. This is coming out when we think it's coming out. Um, and it's collab. And it'll be fun. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I guess... Uh, I'm always just going to plug Rushdown, really, which, I mean, everybody knows Rushdown already if they're listening to this, but, um, yeah, we got a lot of fun stuff coming up um, that will be out already by the point this uh, episode comes out. So, if I am correct, we have a single from Quartzone, we have an EP from Sixth Sense, uh, we have an AB situation from Nemesis, and we have New Colors Volume 5 out. All right. And then coming up, we have something new from Similar Outskirts. If if it comes out at <laughs> this point. Of course, yeah. um, and we are also coming up to our 100th down release. Wow. Big celebration for that one, then. Um, yeah. So lots of fun stuff to check out. That's what I would <laughs> suggest you go and, and do. So... Plenty of stuff. Lots of new music, lots of new things with Rushdown. Make sure you check out Rushdown if you haven't already. Tons of new emerging artists. Thank you again, Chime, for being on. Make sure you guys follow him on his socials. Please follow Skycast on our socials. We'll have a web episode dropping every Wednesday. Chime, thank you for being on. This is amazing. Yeah, thanks for coming. And, yes, uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Oh, and also go follow uh, Paper Skies and Skybreak everywhere, you. please. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, appreciate everyone. it. Cheers until the next one. All right, everyone. See you guys around. Bye-bye.